is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hello and welcome to episode number five in the N2 Backpacking podcast series. This is Bird Shooter, and tonight we're going to speak with Ken Knight, who on the trail occasionally goes by the trail name The Weasel. Ken's a lifelong friend that I've known since uh, preschool, and he and I uh, got introduced into backpacking about the same time in the uh, early 1980s through the scouting organization. The topic of discussion tonight is the 37.5 mile Chattooga River Trail. It's uh, located near the South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia junction where the three states meet. And uh, this spot actually is uh, historically significant because in 1811 Andrew Ellicott made a survey here for the state of Georgia to resolve a boundary dispute between Georgia and North Carolina. And it was at this point that he marked a large rock in the Chattooga River with NC-GA. Um, and the area has thus been known as Ellicott's Rock. Two years later, uh, the states of South Carolina and North Carolina sent another group to mark a similar rock along the Chattooga River. Uh, this actually is known as Commissioner's Rock, and it is often confused with the Ellicott Rock, which is located near the start of the Chattooga River Trail, northern terminus at Bad Creek, which uh, is a short distance from Clayton, Georgia. The trail runs south uh, along the Chattooga River, uh, almost 40 miles, to a southern terminus at US 76. Uh, with this being the lowest point on the trail at 1,190 feet when you reach uh, US 76. The highest point, not far from Bad Creek, uh, near Burles Ford at a waterfall known as Spoon Auger Falls, which sits at 2,389 feet on the trail. In May of 1974, Congress uh, commissioned the river as a national wild and scenic river. And tonight, uh, the weasel and I are going to talk about four sections of the trail. He's hiked two of them, I've hiked all of them. Um, basically, our experiences on the trail, how it shares the footpath at times with the Bartram Trail and with the Foothills Trail. Uh, talk about some of the waterfalls on the hike running into hunting dogs in the middle of the evening, and uh, why the river is one of the most scenic in the southeast. And now here is Ken. So this is Bird Shooter here, and tonight on the show we've got Ken Knight, a.k.a. The Weasel. Ken, thanks for being with us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me there, Bird Shooter. You know, we go way back. The studio audience doesn't realize that you and I, uh, I think you were probably there at day one of my backpacking experience back in scouting. And uh, I guess that eventually took us to Philmont in 1983. 
That's been a long time ago, eh? Yeah, that uh, I think probably was both our debut into backpacking. You know, we were in scouting as kids and had the opportunity to go to New Mexico, which was uh, obviously a wonderful experience for both of us. And uh, we've done a lot of backpacking and hiking since then. But uh, that's what it started out. You know, that's what started all the all the backpacking for both of us. Started the magic, so to speak. Yeah, there you go. So, so I got to ask you there, Ken. Um, your your uh, things have changed a lot since 1983 in terms of equipment and um, uh, you know just where we hike and what we do. How how is the experience different for you today now that you're a, a young man in your 40s and not uh, you know a, a teenager that I guess at the time were probably like 14, 15, 16 years old, right? Oh yeah, it's crazy. You know the, you think about the equipment that you used back in the film on days, and you're talking about a. Uh, was an external backpack and uh you know true they had a lot of campsites set up for you but uh, the equipment was very heavy you're talking canvas tents you're talking about just stuff that you would never dream of taking out today so you know the experience in a lot of ways was, was the same you know you're out in nature and it's a great vibe but a lot of things are so different and of course your life changes as well you know ken i think back to my grandmother who for christmas one year got me an orange backpack that probably came from like the local kmart or uh, you know thrift store and she probably picked it up for 25 bucks and it was uh uh you know just a, an old frame pack that, that i still had probably just as recently as five or six years ago but um not like we're hiking with that stuff today huh no no i had uh <clears throat> excuse me i had a hand-me-down pack for my brother which was very similar probably to what you had but uh now it's a little different, you know. The, the the equipment now is amazing. Everything's so much more lightweight. But uh, so for those of you that weren't around in the '80s, feel fortunate with how the uh, the uh, gear industry has uh, benefited you over the years for backpacking with more lightweight and more durable goods. Because back in the day, you know, you you uh, definitely were marching to a different beat, so to speak. Fair to say? Yeah, no doubt. I, I you know I recall the trip out to Philmont from Ohio. Too. I don't know if you remember the bus that we rode on that uh, oh, yeah. had no air conditioner. I, I learned to play cards on that bus trip. I think I learned how to cheat in euchre on that bus yeah, trip. Yeah, we both were able to stack the deck after that uh, <laughs> trip was over. Absolutely. That's good. Well, so, you know, moving on to more recent times, you know, the podcast today is about the Chattooga River Trail. And one of the reasons you're here with me tonight is our destination was set to be the Chattooga River tomorrow. Actually, the middle section around Russell Bridge was the uh, the plan. I'm not sure if that's going to actually happen. We had potentially an audible come up tonight, but we'll see. But so uh, the last time, and, and you, you probably don't know this, Ken, but the last time I was on the Chattooga River was September 2001, right after 9-11, actually the weekend after 9-11. So the planes hit the towers on Tuesday. You know, our uh, entire world was in a frenzy. The media was going crazy for three or four or five days after that. And, uh, you know, the first thing on my mind was, man, I got to get out of here. I got to get out in the woods. I got to get away from this, you know. Um, it was almost like the woods were a sanctuary for me. And we ended up going to Russell Bridge, which is the hike that uh, we have planned for this weekend. And um, uh, so, you know, I, I guess it was sort of a, uh, an opportunity for me to clear my head and get away from the chaos. But 
back to the Chattooga River. Um, the first section I believe you hiked was the Burroughs Ford to Bad Creek section, which is the northernmost section that goes up to Ellicott Rock. And um, I think you and I did this in November of 2005 in the dark, if I recall. Yeah, I uh, I remember being apprehensive walking into the woods, thinking, "Man, I've you know I've never done a night hike before." And you know, fortunately, the trail was a pretty good trail. It was the type of thing where a lot of people have been on it. There were a few blowdowns, and if I remember, you had your dog with you, which uh, man, he was uh, he was being a trooper. He could hardly see getting over those trees, but he he was able to do it. You know, as we both were, and you know, we had at one point we ran into a group of Boy Scouts. And uh, they they showed us the way. They they kept us on the right path, and it, it was a little tough to see. And I just remember finally seeing the fire, and uh, we had a pretty big group of people at that point. So it was uh, it was nice, man. It was nice pulling into camp and and seeing everybody there. And of course, Roger had his trademark fire going, which was uh, easy to spot from a distance. And. It was just a good feeling finally getting in, but it was a little scary walking at night, you know, no, no question. So Roger, a.k.a. the camel, yeah. known to torch a fire from time to time. Not, not exactly the most leave-no-trace guy on the trail, but we're working on that. We've, we've got him a little more under control these days. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it was a fall day. We'd been to a football game that day. Yeah, we got a late start. We uh, rolled through Walhalla probably about evening. Got a little McDonald's, I think, which Walhalla, South Carolina, for those of you who aren't from the southeast. And then uh, when we started hiking out, it was pitch black. But the northern section, you know, I wouldn't call it easy, but it's relatively flat. You know, you're probably bouncing up and down 50, 100 feet, you know, not anything too crazy. Uh, the, the weasel and I roll into Bad Creek, which is where the scouts were. And do you recall that tent maze that was there when we rolled in there? It was crazy. You know, it seemed like there was, uh, I don't know what the exact number, but there was probably 50 scouts and there was just tents everywhere. And I remember thinking, and you know, first off, are we are we in their way? You know, what are these people thinking? These two guys are just walking through their campsite. But, you know, second off, I'm thinking, you know, how are we going to pick up the trail from this point? But uh, they, uh, you know, we had talked to. I think one of the scoutmasters led us on the way, and he, he showed us the trail leading out of their camp. So you know, it worked out well, and they they were all actually really good and. It worked out well. As former scouts, we got a little scout love there. They sent us. Uh, they showed us where the bridge was that uh, you know essentially got us through the maze of tents, kept us going, and then we were able to raise our companions on the walkie-talkie. And I think we got them about probably 15, 20 minutes from where they're camping uh, on the Chatuga, and they were nice enough to leave a lantern out, sort of like the old Paul Revere trick. You know, one if by land, two if by sea. Do you, do you recall like how nice it was to see the lantern uh, hanging by the trail so you know where they were camping yeah i do I, you know it wasn't uh it wasn't that long of a hike i mean i don't know how we did maybe what two miles if that i don't think it was that far but uh it was just the the whole unknown about being in the dark but i do remember seeing the lantern and i think man, it seems like i saw the fire before i saw the lantern but i can't recall entirely i definitely saw the the, uh, the lantern first yeah. but you know i was quite happy to you know snuggle up to a fire at that point because it had been a long night it was november you know getting starting to get a little chilly in the evening and then we roll into camp and uh, rebel who uh, my old dog who has since passed and uh, 
sad day for me, but I, I won't harp on that. Rebel Who was with us, and um, uh, you were sitting around the campfire that night with their buddies. And uh, then what happens, Ken? Uh, if you recall, uh, we had a little experience that evening. Oh, was that with the other dog? Yeah. So you're talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, there was a. Um we didn't know it at the time, but we heard uh, Rebel just go nuts, and we could hear a rustling in the in the woods. And, you know, you never know what it is when you're out there. Some sort of animal, obviously, but we couldn't couldn't tell what it was. Bear, wild boar, <laughs> yeah, yeah. could be anything, coyote, whatever. But Rebel was going nuts. So anyhow, we. Um, over a short period of time, we figured out that there was another dog out there, and it was a hunting dog that uh, was turned out to be used for bear hunting. It would treat the bears until the hunter could get there, which I don't think was legal, but... Uh you know, this dog was all skin and bones. We actually felt sorry for it and gave it some of Rebel's food. We, uh, you know, brought it into camp after a while, and we uh, kind of—I think it ended up sleeping there for the most part. That he night. was quite happy to have a few yeah. bites of food. Now, I don't think we were the only campsite that that dog worked that night because uh, we took the number off the collar. Uh, I think there was a phone number on there. The hunting dogs worth a lot of money to some of those hunters. Certainly don't want to lose them, um, but we ran into some other folks the next day that had taken the same number. But actually, completely legal for your record here, Ken. The way oh, it is, yeah, to tree a bear in Georgia is uh, is legal. It's it's a, one of the standard practices. So. I'm not a hunter, so if I'm wrong about that, you, you, I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. But I think that is correct. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, remember, I remember seeing the collar, and it was uh, a GPS collar, so you could right. locate that that dog. So, you know, once we saw the collar, we were not as um, yeah, we didn't feel as bad for the dog because we knew somebody out there knew where the dog was. Obviously, it had GPS. Not, not the first time I've actually run into wild. I shouldn't say wild, but hunting dogs in the wilderness. Um, if you backpack a lot, it's going to happen. And this dog was uh, pretty happy to stay with us that night, as I'm sure a dog that's wandered the woods for three or four days uh, is uh, often willing to do. So um, let's talk a little bit about Ellicott Rock. And for those of you that don't know, in 1811, Andrew Ellicott uh, made a survey for the state of Georgia to essentially resolve the boundary dispute between Georgia and North Carolina. And the way he did that, he marked a large rock in the Chattooga River with a North Carolina-Georgia uh, inscription. And a lot of people think that Ellicott Rock is uh, what is commonly mistaken as Commissioner Rock. And that is an inscription that says uh, Latitude 39 AD, 1813 NC, South Carolina, SC. And that, that is what I have a photo of on my website. But uh, have you ever walked up toward Commissioner Rock or to Ellicott Rock before there, Ken? No, you know, we um, we never made it. We, we were uh, considering doing it on that hike. But uh, I don't I don't recall why we didn't make that side hike. But I know it was a couple miles, and we ended up going. It was beautiful, you know. The, the leaves were turning at that point, and the uh, landscape was wonderful. We just I I didn't make that hike. So you know a lot of history there, right? This is the point where North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia all come together, and that that's essentially the focus of this section of the Chattooga River Trail. But um, to, to move a little further south, so the next day we wake up, we hike uh, back to the car. And, you know, this time it's light; we can actually see. Um, and yeah, you, I had been there before, so I knew where I was going. So you know, it made it a little easier for me. 
Um, but uh, Spoonauger Falls, you went, uh, did you go there with your family? I know you went back there on another trip. Yeah, I went there on a different occasion because if I remember, it was past where we had parked. And so I did end up going back with my family and, and uh, doing a, uh, I think we spent one night going the other way. You know, as, as as to what we did on this hike, but uh, yeah, been to Spoonauger Falls, and it's you know, it's very nice to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, a few hundred feet, not anything crazy, but you know, a nice little uh, diversion off the trail, very close to the Chattooga River, and then you get back to Burroughs Ford. Yeah, it's very kid friendly. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the kids loved it. So. Yeah, very kid friendly. You know, make sure you stay on the trail because you can follow the creek and get off course, and that'll screw you up a little bit. But so um, Burroughs Ford, uh, as you re- recall, that's. Where we had parked, right? Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but this is actually an area that um, there's a walk-in campsite. A lot of people uh, park near there. They walk in. They camp right on the Chatuga. You know, I don't think it's very far. Maybe a quarter of a mile. I personally have never camped there. I prefer the more backcountry experience. But uh, from Burroughs Ford South, uh, there's a section that runs all the way to Russell's Bridge. And um, I don't think that I've ever hiked that piece with you, but it's uh, you know it's actually um, a nice section. There's a, a falls called King Creek Falls, which uh, personally I think is a more dramatic and more exciting falls than Spoonauger. And the topography in this section probably runs yeah, somewhere between about 1,700 and 2,200 feet. Uh, there's a couple decent climbs, about 400 feet. And then eventually you make your way to this area called Lick Creek Falls, or excuse me, Lick Log Creek, which uh, is accessible by a dirt road. And um, it's at that point that you actually pick up the Foothills Trail, which breaks away and... Um, you know the the two run simultaneous for for a period of time, but um, I, don't, I don't think you've been in that section, right? No, I have not. Um, when I went with my family, I think we went to the. You know, we parked and we just camped right there. Where and you're right, it's about maybe a quarter of a mile. You walk down to a campsite, and uh, you know that's where we stay. But I've never, I haven't been to the site that you're talking about. Yeah, and that, that's the site, by the way, that we actually had targeted for this weekend, but that's the Burroughs Ford to Russell's Bridge section, and there's three separate pieces that I've hiked, uh, one in 2000, one in 2004, and one in 2001, right after 9-11. Uh, but it is uh, what I would call relatively you know, moderate change of elevation, 50 to 100 feet, and then once you start to get past Licklog Creek, it gets tougher. There's some decent climbs in there, maybe a few hundred feet. Um, but then we get to the Russell Bridge to Sandy Ford section, and that is a section that I did with you. Um, and each one of these sections are roughly about 10 miles, but the Russell Bridge to Sandy Ford section uh, is the one that we hiked in 2004. And uh, we had Roger, a.k.a. the camel, uh, with us, and uh, if you recall, I guess we had an uh, interesting encounter with a couple young men that lost their car keys. Yeah, yeah, I've been, boy, I, I'll tell you, the, the thing you take about out of that is that, uh, you know, the takeaway there is don't lose your car keys when you're camping, because, man, they had all sorts of trouble. We encountered these guys, um, initially, I think we were 
first coming in, right? Is that correct? Yeah, we, we were actually we were in the process of shuttling cars between Burroughs Ford and Russell's Bridge, and we ran into them initially when we parked the first time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we were moving the F-250 up the road. Yeah, that's right. We had a pickup truck. We were moving them. And for those of you that don't know, the... Uh, the Sandy Ford section is actually uh, the, the place we parked anyway. You know, it kind of helped to have a more off-road vehicle. You could probably do it in a Ford Taurus, but, you know, maybe not the easiest thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so we get back, and we see two backpacks under the car, and we knew something was up, and that's when we started to suspect that they lost their keys. Yeah, so, but, uh, but on your point about taking a regular car in there, probably not a good idea, because there's a lot of uh, creeks you have to go over, and as I recall, we were very happy to have a four-wheel drive at that point. Yeah, and Russell, Russell Bridge a little different, right? Like, you know, I mean, you can probably get to that without any trouble yeah. any vehicle. Yeah, no doubt. But, um, but Sandy Ford may be a little different. So, you know, I, th- I think you bring up a good point. If you're going to take car keys, you need to clip them to something so yeah. that they don't fall out of, a, you know, a, a, an opening when they get the chance, right? Yeah, somehow. But we were, you know, we ended up hiking, and... You know, we saw the two backpacks when we first went in, and we were thinking, well, you know, that's a little bit odd, but we weren't sure what happened. And we got, we probably uh, probably got a mile and a half into the hike, and Roger looked down. Hey, wait, before you say that, let me just state, and where you're going is absolutely correct, Ken the Weasel, but before we had that experience, we ran into the kids. I don't know if you remember. They were coming out, hiking toward the trailhead. And uh, we saw them, and they told us they lost their keys. And uh, which explained the two backpacks underneath the, exactly underneath the SUV. And we told them we would look for their keys. Right. And then what? Two miles later, we, we found their keys. We actually found their keys. And so the dilemma was, you know, we're in this about three miles deep. Do we turn around and and take the keys out? And, and by this time, as I recall, it was getting pretty dark. Yeah, it was and, pretty close. To and dark. so we decided, you know what? It, even if we do that, they're probably not there. They've probably gotten. Um, they've probably gone into town or gotten uh, a locksmith to come out. So we, you know, we we decided just to go on to the campsite. Um, and I think we we left their keys as we came out. You know, we left them on the board. But uh, yeah, with the note. That's yeah, exactly with the note. But you know, it, it turned out they had already gone into town. They'd gotten the locksmith. They'd gotten their thing taken care of. But uh, obviously, it was a big hassle for them. So you know, as a side note, don't lose your keys. And, yeah, <laughs> obviously, that's a good tip. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know, now that I think about it, Ken, um, we helped them get a ride with somebody that was on the trail. Because this all went down, and there was somebody that was hiking right near us, and we, that we hooked them up with the ride. But anyway, neither here nor there. Your lesson is good, right? right? Don't lose your keys. Yeah, don't lose your keys. I, I just remember them getting into town, and I'm sure it wasn't uh, wasn't cheap to get all that taken care of. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it was a big time, uh, big time waste as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, you know, I think we camped that night uh, just off a little small creek, nothing too dramatic. But the next day, the further we hike, uh, you know, in Hurricane Ivan, that was a good while ago. But anybody in the South and remember Hurricane Ivan. How many bridges did we cross that were completely flipped over from Hurricane Ivan? Yeah, it was crazy. You know, you don't think of a hurricane. You know, we're in Georgia. We're what five hundred, you know, three, four hundred miles at least away from the ocean. So you don't, you don't really anticipate a hurricane causing a lot of damage up here. But uh, 
certainly there are some winds that come by here, and I know we've been on other hikes where that's been the case as well. But you get a lot of blowdowns from these hurricanes because you do get a lot of wind that comes through. And man, we had some uh, we had some bridges that were tar- turned sideways. There was a lot of blowdowns, so it, it certainly wasn't the easiest thing in the world. But uh, it made for great photos, actually, Ken the Weasel. And if you look at the uh, you know if you ever come visit IntoBackpacking.com, pull up. Uh, Pull up the Russell Bridge section and check out some of the bridges that were essentially turned on their side, flipped over. I mean, it was crazy. And it was actually almost like a jungle gym trying to get across them, right? Yeah, it was tough getting across because, uh, you know, obviously a bridge is not supposed to be turned over when you're crossing it. Oh, come on, uh, man. I thought that was standard procedure. So, uh, you know, the other thing that actually surprised me, though, I think we were a little closer uh, to maybe the Sandy Ford area, but, uh, you know, we're we're, we're hanging out on the trail, and all of a sudden these horseback riders come through. It kind of looked picturesque, right? This big, wide body of water, these horseback riders trucking through, man. It was kind of cool, actually. I mean, I I think I enjoyed actually seeing the horseback folks on the trail. It was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's this whole, you know, if you do follow the Chattooga River, which you've, you know, you've hiked it more than me, but it seems like you go out there and and there's kayakers, there's uh, horseback riders. You know, you'll see some. It, it, there's quite a few people out there. You, you know, you're going to see something. It's not the most remote trail in the world, but uh, it, it's a really, really good experience. You know, in terms of seeing horseback riders, kayakers. You know, you might see a few other campers, but it's not. Uh, it's not overcrowded. What well, you say, kayakers, right? And so there's some class three, class four rapids. You know, depending on I guess how the water's running, maybe even heavier rapids and. Uh, I got to ask you. I know you've I know you've rafted the lower section. You want to talk about that piece of it? Yeah, we. Um, I rafted that. You know, it was probably uh, 15 years ago. I had just moved to Atlanta, and we took. A, we actually stayed overnight in the state park. We took the next day, and we went down the Chattooga River. And I was actually shocked by. Um, how intense the rapids were. You know, we uh, the guide of our boat actually got thrown out of the boat. Um, there was only a few people on our boat that didn't get thrown out of the boat. You know, we had a good time, and, and you know, that is Deliverance country. So that uh, the movie Deliverance was filmed there. So that adds a little bit of. Uh, shock value to it I guess but uh, yeah it was pretty cool and, and my wife just actually bought a kayak and the um, if you as you know if you go to REI there's an expert on every single subject known to man in there that they sell and so the guy that sold her kayak actually he frequents that area and said it's you know it's, it's a really good area to kayak so so we we always had a good time up there. So so on the deliverance subject, I got to ask you, Ken. You know, you're you're a man that has lived in Georgia for quite some time. I think since at least '96, right? Uh, '91, yeah. '91, okay. Mm-hmm. And you married a girl from Georgia that grew up here. Yep. So deliverance. Um, you've seen the movie. Yeah, it's just really unnerving. You, a, you've squealed like a pig. I mean, is it a myth, or uh, how do you compare the movie to uh, to the real life experience there? I, I, I don't have any experience with that actually. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, I, I think I think the Chattooga River gets a bad rap because of the movie. I mean, it's nothing like the movie whatsoever, right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, if you look, if you just take out the. Um, 
whole context of the movie. You just look at the scenery and just don't pay attention to the movie and you look at the scenery, it's beautiful. True. But, you know, the movie is just crazy. But uh, if you look at the scenery, that's what you get and it's beautiful scenery. Did you hear any banjo playing when you were in North Georgia? I guess yeah, that's the, my question. There was a guy with no teeth. <laughs> I think his name was Goodrich. Hey, so for, for those of you that have no idea, I mean, uh, you know, the movie, don't don't try to equate the movie to what it's really like in the, the you know, the Chattooga River corridor because it's, uh, it's not. I mean, it's not. Fair to say. Yeah, you know, at this point, I'm I'm pretty sorry for bringing it out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I think we need to cover that because you know, when people hear Deliverance, they think of uh, Chattooga River. So yeah, that's true. And it, but it, it it really is beautiful. But uh, it's it's probably nothing like the movie anymore. It did a lot for Burt Reynolds, though. Yeah, the man that brought you Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so... Stroker Ace. Yeah, that's right. Don't forget that classic. Oh, the quality film. (laughs) So, anyway, back to the Chattooga River. um, And, you know, what's worthy of talking about, I guess. Um, So, the next section is uh, the Sandy Ford to US 76 section. And I don't think, Ken, I don't think you've hiked that section yet. No, no, I haven't. So, yeah, let's talk about your wish list. Are you looking to knock off the uh, remaining sections of the Chattooga River here? Yeah, I'd definitely like to, you know, and I I was, uh, hopefully this weekend we can make part of it. I don't know if uh, if it's going to be in the cards. We may call call an audible, but, uh, yeah, definitely. uh, It would be nice to have that... entire river checked off we do call a lot of audibles. yeah it can happen <laughs> <laughs> well anyway for the folks of you uh listening the uh sandy 40 us 76 section is the southernmost section actually um there's you know a couple decent uh, decent climbs in there from three to four hundred feet it kind of takes you up and away from the river. Uh, fabulous campsites in that area. And um, something that you are probably unaware of that I'll enlighten you with there, Mr. Ken the Weasel, is uh, that in 2002, a ancient Indian canoe from the, I want to say 1700s, could be earlier, was found during a drought in the river it had uh, essentially sunk but for you know flow reasons it was pretty well concealed for a long time but finally the water dropped and you know essentially a ancient indian canoe was recovered and is now on display in the Oconee Heritage Center I bet you didn't know that no i didn't that's interesting Here's something else for you. It's not the first one that they've found in the area that's also displayed there. Of course not. Yeah, well, just a little <laughs> factoid for you. Okay. So I thought you might like to know that. But, uh, yeah, that is kind of a nice little bit of history, that uh, the ancient canoe was found in the river in that area. Um, but for the most part, the elevation runs about 12, 12 to 1,700 feet. And, you know, I wouldn't say it's anything dramatic, but... There, there are some decent up and downs in there, so it's not the um, nice, gentle, sloping hike that you get further up the trail, like in the Burles Ford to Ellicott Rock section. So, Ken, i got to ask you, um, I know you went with your family. Did you take a fishing pole when you went? No, I didn't. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it, but uh, at the time that I went with my family, my kids were really young, and I, I just thought it would be an enough work to try to 
you know keep keep them in line without actually giving them something that has a sharp pointy object at the end of it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So no, I didn't. Um, I, I really would like to fish that area though. Yeah. So you know, the number of times I've been out there, I've actually taken a rod and reel. And, you know, if we if we end up there this weekend, and you know, that'll be decided tomorrow at 10 a.m. Um, certainly plan to, but you know, excellent fishing, especially from the middle to upper section. The lower section, the water runs pretty quickly, so man, probably a little tougher to fish. But um, you know, for anybody that's backpacking, that uh, you know, thinks they might want to. I do a little fishing. I'd certainly encourage it. Yeah, um, no doubt. I I brought my pole this time, so hopefully we'll be able to. If we do that hike, I'll I'll definitely bring the pole. Well, you're a seasoned veteran in the fishing community, uh, having been in northern Ontario with you, where you've slayed pike on a regular <laughs> basis. Um, hey, so a good question for you that I think uh, our listeners need to hear tonight, Ken. The Chituga River, and you might not recall this, but at times it runs simultaneous with the Foothills Trail. At times it runs with the Bartram Trail. Um, do you remember all those intersecting trails? Because it can get confusing, especially on the lower section. Um, yeah, you know, fortunately I was I was with you, um, and, and you've hiked that quite a few times, so we didn't have a whole lot of issues. But yeah, there were a lot of uh, a lot of intersecting trails, and it definitely could be confusing. So you'd want to have your, your your deal mapped out before you go. Yeah, and then the area I mentioned uh, earlier in the broadcast, the Licklog Creek section, is very tricky because the Foothills Trail breaks away from the Chatuga River after running simultaneously with it for a while. It picks up the Bartram. The Bartram runs with it for a while south of there. Um, you know, definitely a good idea to have a map and you know follow it closely as you get through there. Um, but uh, so let, let me ask you, Ken. I mean, you know, you, you've been on some of the Chatuga. You've probably hiked. You know, probably 50% of it. I mean, you know, what's your vibe, man? You want to finish this thing out, or uh, you, you want to? Do you want to focus on mountain tops in, uh, you know, Switzerland? What are you thinking? <laughs> well, I, w- I would like to go to the mountain tops in Switzerland, but yeah, I would like to finish this out. You know, it's uh, one of the more dramatic hikes that you get to do in Georgia. It's uh, it's certainly worth doing. Um, you know, having rafted it, I've I've, I've done that. Um, but yeah, I would, I would like to finish it up. But there's a lot of other places I would like to hike as well. But I, I would certainly like to knock this off the list. Yeah, and that's the great thing about hiking. There's just no limit to what's out there, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Ken, a.k.a. The Weasel, I've done a lot of great adventures with you. I've known you since we were kindergarten, right? Yes. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Amazing that you and I live in the same town today after growing up, what, I don't know how many millions of miles Ohio is from here, but a long way, right? That's crazy. Um, you just keep following me around. Yeah, yeah, you can't shake me. <laughs> it's, like I, uh, it's like I'm a cold. Um, but, you know, that being said, so, uh, you know, of all the trips that we've done together, that you've done in the backcountry, what's been your most favorite? What stands out in your mind? What, um, you know, what, what's your number one, numero uno? Uh, the best trip. Um, you know, probably, yeah, it's tough to say. Um, I, I can think of the least favorite more so than the, there's only been one. Hey, bad. let's hear it. Here's the thing: our man, listeners need to of, hear the good. Of all the trips that I've ever taken, there's only been one bad one, and there's been dozens of good ones. So it's that, that's a uh, that's a credit to you. Um, 
maybe the Ellicott Rock. You know, aside from walking in in the dark, you know, it was uh, that was a a great campsite. It was a lot of fun. You know, the camaraderie, the people that went, yeah. um, and, and you know, a lot of hiking for me. That's what it's all about. You know, it's about who you go with because there's there's so many different ways you can hike. You know, you can hike with your family, which is amazing. You know, you can hike with friends. You can hike with a bunch of guys. You can hike with your wife. Um, but uh, that vibe of people, probably, you know, I would say that would be the best hike that we've been on together. So uh, we got we got to ask the listeners are curious, Ken. <laughs> your worst hike? I, I know what you're going to say, but l- yeah. let's hear about that. I Man, I could throw you off, but I'm going to go with the Chunky Gal Trail. <laughs> it was actually, it was actually Tuskegee Ball. Oh, was it Tuskegee Ball? Yeah, like August. Where am I getting to? No, I, Chunky Gal's right around there. Yeah, that might have been an, actually the Chunky Gal Trail that took us to Tuskegee Ball. Well, anybody listening to this, I can't uh, overstate how hot it is in Georgia in August. That was yeah. actually North Carolina, for the record. Oh yeah, yeah. well it's not there, too. but it's right on the border. Yeah, it's on the border. Yeah. But uh, it was uh, hot. We hiked up to a bald, which actually turned out not to be a bald. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the hike a little bit because it wasn't really a hike. It was more of a bushwhack. It was a bushwhack. I remember uh, we got, you know, we had to get water at the base because there was no water, obviously, at the summit, and we weren't sure where that would be. But uh, um, there had been a hurricane. Was that Ivan? I'm not sure. There had been a hurricane that had gone through. At some point, and I don't think anybody had hiked that trail since the hurricane, because there were blowdowns everywhere. So, uh, so what I did for uh, Ken, aka the Weasel, was I pulled up a picture of him on top of on top of uh, Tuskegee Bald, which he hasn't probably seen since we did it. Man, I look tired. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sitting in the. Uh, and, and for the record, if you look at this picture, that doesn't look like a bald to me. <laughs> it looks like a very angry weasel on yeah. top. Of Tuskegee Bob. Yeah, so you'll have to go to the website and check it out. But, uh, you, you know, I'm going to back it up so you can see what year that was. Do you remember what year that was? I can stab a guess. That was, um, you know, I'm going to guess too. It, it was in the 90s. Had to have been in the 90s. It was. Um, I'm going to go with 97. You're really close. I think it was 98, and I'm about okay. to reveal it when I pop this back. <laughs> I'm thinking because I think. You know, aside from Philmont, was that the, oh. the last hike? Ninety-seven. Oh. I nailed it. Uh, the weasel yeah. was all over. Wow. August second and third, and we actually followed a trail. It was marked, and um, the blazes were pretty clear. But I think a storm must have come through there, and it was just brutal. Yeah, the blazes were clear. I mean, the blazes weren't the problem. The problem was that it was not cleared, and also there was. Nobody had hiked the trail, I don't think, that year. Didn't look like you it. Know, there were no foot, you know, the, 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 there just wasn't evidence of anybody going up. And, you know, honestly, that was the first hike that you and I had done together for a number of years. You know, we did a lot as kids, and yeah. then we kind of got back into it when I moved to Atlanta and found you, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm amazed you ever came out with me again. No, no. I, I mean, you know, aside from the hike in, actually, when we got to the top of the, the bald, you know, quasi bald, I guess. The it was beautiful up there. It was, uh, you know, there was nobody. Nobody had been there, so it was very, very pristine. And I remember that night. You know, there was all sorts of wildlife, which was a little spooky because, you know, you got a little more than uh, than you would normally have. But 
it was you know it was nice once we got there and the, the scenery was great yeah i mean we got up the top so there's a great view and i've kind of been curious to go back because that was such a torturous trip that time i mean it was hot as anything right like yeah it was brutal oh my god but um but you know once we got there it was fun it was just the the trek on the way in and and the fact that we had to schlep all the water all the way up into that was a schlep and a half yeah, yeah. it was brutal so uh Ken, a.k.a. The Weasel, I'm glad that uh, we'll have a chance to head out this weekend again together. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to it. And for our listeners in the studio audience, if you make it to Skeety Bald, shoot The Weasel and I a note and let us know if uh, it still sucks as bad as it did when we were there or if it's uh, amazingly better. Because honestly, to back him up on this, it's in my top three of worst hikes of all time. So if you're man or woman enough to uh, to knock it out, and maybe the trails are better today. Could I don't know. be better. Hard possibly. to say. Hard to say. But I can tell you this weekend our experience will be very different. Yeah. You know, and I think, uh, in all fairness, that hike might be better if you would do it sometime when it's not 95 degrees out and very humid. That's fair. Yeah. Fair to say, man. Fair to say. Well, hey, uh, Ken, thank you for being on the show tonight. You're welcome, Steve. Uh, you know, maybe we can do it again sometime. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime. And, um, maybe we'll have a little post-podcast episode after our hike this weekend. Sure thing. We'll do it. Thanks for listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this podcast, visit Apple's iTunes store or download them directly at n2backpacking.com, the My Podcast tab. Music for this podcast was provided by the John Zed Band. For more information on this Atlanta-based musician, visit his website at johnzed.com. That's John Z-E-D-D.com. Or search for his latest release through iTunes. This podcast is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's little n, number two, backpacking.com. Thank you.